Welcome to B2B Weekly. Every Wednesday, Marty Sanchez and I, Nemanja Živković, will be your host in a weekly Q&A where we talk all B2B related things. From sales, demand generation, social media, personal branding, lead generation, we focus on real examples, on real case studies, and we share things we only share with our team. So you get to see the way we grow our companies, the way we do marketing for our clients, you get to see everything. And not only that, you get a chance to jump on the call with us, ask questions live and share your perspective on the topic. If you are an executive, marketeer or salesperson, this is for you. Welcome to the B2B Weekly. Been a, it's been a long day, bro. Bro, so long today. Today it's been tough. Yeah, I started with a, with a business breakfast, then did my haircut, and, and then I, I wrote like four offers, uh, two strategies. I had to do some reporting, plus I had to update the team with some stuff that needed to be done. So it's like, I mean, I'm going to vacation from Sunday. Oh, so I need to do a lot of stuff. Everything before that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you want to do for the for the next Wednesday. You want to do it alone because I will be on the mountain without Wi-Fi, definitely. Uh, let me get back to you on that. Um, yeah, I mean, you just you just do as 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 you want. Just let me know until Sunday so I can send an email maybe to the people so we can let them know what's going on. Yeah, I, I, you know, um, how excited are you? Where are you going on vacation? Are you going to the mountain? Yeah, near my my hometown, Baca Mountains. Okay. So basically, the, like the untouched nature. So, mm. yeah, I'm looking forward to get offline. Right. That, that's good. Well. Yeah, I mean, the weather started to get better, so I'm hoping it will be nice. Because I'm planning to spend three days on the lake to swim a little bit, and hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for you because I know you hadn't taken a vacation for a while. So yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, it's been the last, you know, June. Yeah. But so many things happened since since right. that time. Yeah, it feels like. Four months ago was like an eternity ago. So yeah, especially with that, like, I forgot about COVID. Yeah, it's been like forever, man. We had. I went to sleep at like five a.m. last night because I like we we're delivering some work for our client and something was messed up and like I had to like come in and like try to get it right. And it's like Jesus Christ, I'm. Yeah. Uh, kind, of, kind of the same. I mean, last night I went to sleep and then I got an email because uh, one client when we're doing like the social media and advertising part, mm-hmm. uh, they just got hired a, a girl who is head of marketing. Okay. So uh, it's good because she will relax everything because the, 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 the owner doesn't have time to, to right. follow up on anything, but uh, she needs to get... Uh, up to date with, with everything and it yeah. takes time and you know so for sure for sure yeah for us um we just had a couple clients from australia and <laughs> the time zone is so messed up like um like I, obviously i'm happy that we signed them and, and it's great but like his 9 8 a.m is 1 a.m in the morning for me and then he's 5 p.m. is 8 a.m. in the morning. So like yeah, basically when when I had clients from Australia, like the calls were 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. my time. So yeah, and that's like the latest his time. For, so for us, like 8 a.m. my time, I'm sleeping every day, right? Like I I sleep until like 11 or so. Um, yeah, you are the 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 night person. Yeah, I'm very night person and everything we do for my clients, like the vast majority are in America. So I have to do like their time zone as well. 
but now with him, I was like meeting at 1 a.m. And like, if you ever try to close a client at 1 a.m., it's so hard. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> your thinking is like so slow. And uh, yeah, I, I, I usually like, had, uh, had reporting calls at that time with, with Canada. Yeah, 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 I bet. So like, it's, it's tough. To, I was like, God damn. I, I just can no way to go back to America because like that's gonna allow me to like leave a normal schedule because yeah. otherwise it's fucking everything's a mess. What's happened with that? You put everything on hold for now? Um, I, I'm think I'm looking where how things are going. Um, I de- like best case scenario September, I go over there. Probably it's gonna be November or December. Um, mm-hmm. But like the idea was to go to New York, but New York is like so fucked right now. Uh, so yeah, it's it's the main the the main point of it's like the worst place in the world to be there right now. <laughs> so I either wait until New York gets better, or I go to like South in Miami. Miami is a good, pretty good place as well. Miami is a good. Austin is also good, but it's yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like East Coast, like, yeah, yeah. The closer here, Miami is like one of my favorite cities in the world because, like, it's so. I think I've be- because because why it wouldn't be like <laughs> right, but like also because like, like you know, I'm half Spanish, half American, and like Miami is like half Spanish, yeah. half American. So, like people, yeah, you can speak Spanish, Spanish, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They they have like m- my food. Like my, my desserts, I feel like at home there. And it's a good place if you're it, young as well to like live. When it comes to food, it's just like when when I go to, to Turkey, like right. you slaves for 500 years and the right. meals are the same. <laughs> yeah, the meals are exactly the same. So I, I remember I went, I went once um, and in Spain there's this dessert called flan, which is like made out of eggs and it's like sweet and stuff. Um, and like I had been in America for like eight or nine months and I had not eaten a flan in so long. And then I went to Miami and I saw it in a restaurant. And like I was there with like four friends and I bought one for everybody. I was like, everybody's getting a flan today. Is anybody joining us here or there isn't anybody? Um, I'm not seeing participants. Also, Zoom's not working super well the last week. I think a lot of people wow. are doing it in the world. Yeah. So I sent an email, but I saw only only two people like clicked on anything. But I mean, they're already subscribed, so who knows? Yeah. So um, I remember you wanted to talk about uh, LinkedIn and Facebook ad targeting. I think this is more of a new topic because I I'm not very good with. Uh, yeah, there was there were some yeah. questions people ask if uh, if uh, we can talk a little bit about it. Yeah. I mean. Basically, when it comes to Facebook advertising, like the targeting, especially, we need to, uh, from what I'm seeing working, is like uh, not going very broad. Uh, B2B means that you are going after the decision maker CEOs in one way, and in another way, you can go and uh, target people who will actually use, use the software or the app, if that's the, that's the question. Uh, but how I see it, one thing that's working the best is, uh, going after the roles in the company, not going after, after interest. So like the CEOs, CMOs, COOs, it all depends who are you targeting those kind of people and going with, uh, with ads, they're like more like news, something that is consumable. And uh, the best size of the audience that works is like from anything from uh, 20, 30,000 up to 120,000, something, something like that. That's yeah. something that's not very, very broad, but it still uh, have enough people that you can, that you can work with. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, you can narrow it down based on the on some of the of the interest. It uh, just goes a long way, and it and it works great. I mean, people are going uh, after using retargeting mostly, 
mm-hmm. because retargeting is cheap. But in my opinion, like Facebook ads are really cheap. And when they're really cheap, you can go after targeting like the broader audience than just the ones who are visiting your website. Yeah, we've been running. I think the, the only like Facebook ad campaign that we're running, we're running a, a retargeting campaign for uh, one of our clients who has like a community for agency owners. Um, like he sold an agency. Now he is coaching other agency owners. We have a community. Um, mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, and we are uh, running a, a quick retire. It's very like small budget. Like we're playing, I think with like $300 a month. It's more of like to test things up. And I offered to do it myself because I wanted to like try as well. So he was like, I don't care how it performs. If you want to try, here's 300 bucks and you want, you can learn on, on my money. And I was like, sure, yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, and, and we're running, we, we run a retargeting campaign uh, that was pretty solid. It just, we didn't have a lot, a lot of, um, I'm, I'm letting somebody in the, mm-hmm. we didn't have enough, um, like a broad range of people to go and retarget. So we were retargeting everyone that had read an article or visited the website. Um, That's cool. If you want to go specific, that can, that can, can work well. And if you have traffic on, on those pages, like you can go after specific people depending on the topic. Yeah, so we, we had traffic, we just didn't have enough to like run a big retargeting campaign through that because um, everything had been organic. So until that point, uh, and the numbers looked really good. Like um, we were having, we were retargeting, I, I think we, we needed a 1% like close rate from the email list to break even. And we usually average like 10 to 15%. Um, so it, it was clear that that campaign was going to do well if we had it, we were able to do it at a, at a larger scale. Um, then we tested a lookalike, and the lookalike performed really well in terms of like cost per click. I think, yeah, I think really well. You might tell me that that's wrong, but it was like at forty cents per click, which I, I think is pretty solid. Um, yeah, that's cool. The problem was then we were driving them to like a landing page for email opt-in and that didn't perform well. So like the landing page didn't perform well, but the cost per click. Was yeah, I had, the same, I had the same situation uh, last, I don't know what was, May. We did a campaign, I mean, we are regularly doing the campaign for the uh, accelerator, mm-hmm. basically inviting people, startups, founders to get in. Yeah. And uh, this time I went deep into analyzing, I mean, First three times we had great results. We had people, we had more than 50 uh, signups yeah. each time. Uh, I mean, it's and it's Serbia, Balkans, so there are not that many startups. Right, right, right. So some of them uh, are even not startups, but they think they are, but it doesn't yeah. matter. And uh, um, I mean, most of it are quality leads. And um, this time we had enough, uh, enough uh, signups. But uh, from what I'm seeing, it wasn't enough based on the people who, uh, who came to the landing page. Mm. So we had a huge gap over there. And for the first time I saw like the, we need to change the, the landing page. What you said, it's important to analyze, to analyze everything, each step and see where people are dropping off. Right, because the other issue, and you're more expert of this than I am, but I was thinking, Maybe it's not just the landing page, it's the quality of the traffic that we're driving there. You know, like, because uh, with the lookalike, I'm hoping the lookalike thread, but I don't know how to see what we're actually going after. You know what I mean? It's a bit yeah, it's, it's usually, usually it's, it's the right audience. If, uh, I mean, it all depends uh, what was the sample that was used to create the lookalike right. audience. Uh, if the sample were great, usually it's great. Basically, Facebook works like, like that. If you uh, go after traffic campaign, he will uh, get people who are already clicking and going to the, to the website. If you're going after conversion, he will find people who have already filled out the forms before. Right. Basically, that's... Uh, and 
people are making mistakes when they are like using one campaign, trying to do two or three different things in one campaign. You just need to get uh, to one and go with it. Makes sense. How do you decide? Uh, I'm guessing most of the stuff you're running at in terms of advertisement is on Facebook. But like, wh when do you ever like propose, I think they should be run on LinkedIn versus Facebook? It all depends. I'm looking at the budget. I think they need to have a, a bigger budget to get to get uh, back the costs. Right. What's about budget? Because the costs are, are much larger. I don't know. Like uh, when what I was I didn't try it. So it's it's all based on what I'm reading and what yeah. I'm seeing. So uh, I can just say it from that perspective. But from what I'm seeing, if you don't have like. Uh, Revenue that's going like over 10k or something like that. There's no use to doing it. Yeah, I, I was asking. I asked, uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Walker, the other day. Mm. Uh, like, what's the average cost per mile CPM on on LinkedIn? And I don't want to get this wrong, but he mentioned. Let me, let me check. I mean, I asked him for a ballpark and I, I said, there's, there's a lot of things, like there's a lot of different factors that can like drive that up and down. But do you have a ballpark for CPM on LinkedIn? And he said a minimum of $60 per CPM and uh, usually between 80 and $120 for the thousand views. And I was like, you definitely, yeah. one, a larger budget, and two, a, a service or a product that, is higher ticket, right? Because otherwise it's not going to make sense. To yeah, and, and it's also important what you are doing over there. I saw some some ads and most of them are just using the copy, which is uh, the same as the start of the blog, if they're promoting the blog. Or hey, the if you're paying 80 this. bucks for a thousand views, motherfucker, write good copy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, write, write at least a custom one. Right. <laughs> Yeah, 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 but but like that's something that like brands need to like understand. Like for example, in terms of distribution, right? Distributing an article that you've written, like LinkedIn's probably not the place for that at that uh, at that CPM. Yeah, I think probably the the case study would be the best thing over there, or maybe something that's um, created like just like like the news, something that's consumable but can give you the exactly the right information that you need exactly yeah and maybe like for a retargeting of like a like you have an email list you can upload it create a custom list and then you're retargeting them with something lower in the funnel but it seems like for cold awareness obviously depending on the product you're selling on the ticket but 80 to 100 dollars of cpms it's going to be tough to make the numbers work but that, that i asked that question to chris because we were reporting our uh, work to a client and I believe we, like we were working with him on LinkedIn creating content there and in one in the first month of working together we generated I believe it was over 55,000 uh, views right on his LinkedIn content which is pretty solid uh, for the first month without having a big audience and all that um, and like one of the things that I was thinking is like how much would this be worth if we were to like, like, if he had spent it on LinkedIn ads to reach the same number of people, how much that would have been worth for him, right? So I asked Chris mm -hmm. like how much it was, because I think that's a good way to also like represent how, like, that they're getting a good value on awareness. Like they could get getting, they would pay much more if they were doing LinkedIn ads, right? So for 55,000 impressions at, let's just say the 80000 uh, the $80 cost per mile, that's $4,500, which is a few times more than what they're paying us. So it's like, that's a good way for like, to show the value of organic reach, you know, like to show, yeah. uh, obviously you cannot scale it as hard as you could with, with LinkedIn ads, but uh, you're getting a great uh, value for, for awareness with organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was trying to to figure out in the last months. I mean, how how uh, how long does it take to 
actually get the return of investment that you are doing for the for the ads, mm-hmm. preferably like Facebook ads, and usually it's like hundred days or days. or something yeah, yeah. or something or something something like that. It all depends, but I mean it seems logical because when I look at when you hire somebody who is uh, working in sales, I mean you you don't expect him to give you results right away, but when it comes to marketing, they expect right. you to be a magician and to work something uh, right away. I mean, I don't know if you have noticed, but oh, sure. marketing became so much harder than sales in uh, in the, the recent half a year or, or something like that. It's much more complex yeah. and it became uh, harder because people are expecting something that usually they won't expect if it's not marketing. Yeah, t- today I had a conversation with a prospect. I was on a sales call and he mentioned, so like w- one of the things we do is like we do a month-to-month contract. So we don't, we don't do long-term contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm going to change that. But like for, especially at the beginning, I was like, let's do month-to-month. Um, yeah, so you can like show show the value and... Yeah, and, and like we, we're just confident that like we're going to over-deliver so much in that first, early months that like you're not going to want to like uh, leave anyway and it's a good like differentiator i've seen a few larger agencies that do month to month and i just feel it aligns more with like who i am of like proving it every single day but um from business perspective we should do long-term contracts for sure but yeah, it, it, all, it all depends what you what you are doing right, right. if if you can do it in that way yeah i think Three to six month contract is what we should be start implementing moving forward. Just like content marketing takes time, and we like for for us as a business, it will also give us like a bit more of like peace, you know, like peace of mind. But anyway, I was talking to this guy, and he said, "Yeah, I love to sign for the first month, and if it's the secret potion for getting clients, then I'll." Like we'll keep working together, and I was like, "Let me stop you right there. It's not the secret potion. Yeah. There's no secret potion. You know, like there's no such thing as we're gonna get you clients for sure in in the first twenty days. Like there's no way. Like I don't want you to sign thinking that because you're gonna leave the first month, and it's a pain in the ass for you and for me to like get you here for one month. So like, it's like you're saying you cannot expect. If it was so easy." Dude, I would not be here with you talking, you know? I, like, exactly, exactly. I, I'd be on a yacht with an airplane and 25 models, but I'm not there because it's not, there's no secret. So, like, it takes time. Yeah, I, I have this, those kind of situations, like, uh, at least once, once a month. Like, yeah. somebody calls, usually those are referrals. People right. who are, uh, I don't know, friends or somebody that uh, they that know few of our clients. Yeah. And, and so they ask them, like, those are mostly successful companies. And people right. who are coming uh, are not successful companies. So yeah. they're uh, mostly, like, entrepreneurs who are working, uh, like, uh, on their own yeah. or a small company or something like that, and they expect us to to deliver for the cost that that that's, uh, that we are charging, you know. Sure. But it's not based on the on the short term agreement, and you can you cannot expect me to give you results for a month when you didn't do anything for two years. Right. Like it it won't happen. But it's funny how it's always companies that are not like doing well or they are not as successful that have that mindset like great companies that yeah. don't expect you to deliver right away you know like uh, people who are going to be great clients they, they understand that it's a process but like companies that are struggling that they have a bad culture they're like the ones that either you deliver right away or we go and i'm like just go don't even come in exactly uh, exactly but it's into, I think there's a lot of more pressure in them. Right? Like companies that are doing well already, 
like they don't have that immediate need of like either we close to clients or we die as a company um, yeah but, but there's other people uh, and it happens everywhere like i've had a few leads from spain and i don't want to say anything bad against the spanish startup system but like the culture is so much different like I, i'm not going to be able to help you and we're going to get I, I i can say like the the serbians who are living uh, in us Right. Are the worst clients ever. The worst clients. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's proven. <laughs> yeah. That, that's funny. Yeah, I, I bet they are. I bet they are. Um, it, it's funny because I know, I think I only know one or two Spanish guys that, are, that live in America and work in that uh, field. Uh, one of them randomly runs the same company as I do. So he works with like B2B CEOs doing their personal brand. Mm -hmm. uh, they do a bit of different, like they have a more of uh, like an automated system, but it's funny how like he's from Barcelona as well. <laughs> the, the only guy from Barcelona that I know is my competitor, like a hundred percent. And the other guy has a great podcast for uh, startups. Um, they both live in, in New York, but but it's interesting. Have you seen a lot of people from like Serbia and those countries living in the United States and running businesses as well? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been working with some of them. You've been working with some of them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, like majority of them uh, that we are working now or have worked in the last two years are great at what they do. Right. But they they go over there. And they want to look at you as somebody who is uh, a low-paying professional who will deliver re exactly the, the results as the people from U.S. will deliver. Right. I mean, it's, it's okay if, if it comes from somebody who is, uh, I don't know, uh, a U.S. citizen or somebody who doesn't know how it is here. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's why they are there. And they expect you like everything that they wouldn't do if they are here. Right. And I'm sure they no, treat you no. wrong as well. I'm like, dude, you're one of us, right? Like, yeah. But just because you live in America doesn't make you like better or makes you like, um, like, I, I understand what you mean in terms of like thinking that just because you're not based in the United States, you, you're not, you don't have to charge the, the, what you're worth and that you're going to deliver the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I wanted to go through because yeah. uh, I'm seeing it and it's really ridiculous. Uh, hashtags and trending on LinkedIn. Uh, I probably, I guess that you are also having like maybe not every post, but every second post as as trending over there yeah, because you are regular in created content and you are doing it. Uh, kind of the same way I'm doing. Maybe the methods are different, but it's uh, narrow. You are know who are talking about. You are talking about specific things, and uh, from what I see, it's all that it takes to be trending. Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually uh, in two, uh, at least two, sometimes three, three hashtags. Because yeah. uh, I'm following some some of the things on my uh, company page, so every, each week I'm trending over there with with two hashtags. Yeah. And uh, on the third one, uh, I'm receiving notification on my personal profile. And yeah. uh, I mean, it doesn't give you anything. Maybe it informs people that you are that you are trending. I don't know if that's happening at all. I never received anything that somebody is trending. I receive it like once a week, maybe. Yeah, maybe something something like that. For me, it's more it's when somebody is in the news or something like that. Yeah. But uh, but from what I'm seeing is that Facebook, uh, LinkedIn is just trying to uh, to get the the attention uh, of uh, us, like going to post more to do more similar things, to, to basically inspire us to do more. A hundred percent. I think it's just like a, like a little gift that LinkedIn gives you of like, like an, like an incentive, you know, like a, 
you know, when dogs do bad and like they spray water on their face and they do good and like they give them like a candy, like I think that's the candy. It's like, yeah, just a feel good. I think it's funny when like people post, I've been trending on LinkedIn for this hashtag today, uh, whatever, whatever. I'm like, so what? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm using it to uh, when I when I start working with clients. Yeah, and I need them to be persistent in in posting in comments you know, well. over there. We tell them. Then then when I see them uh, trending, yeah. they get that as a motivation. Yeah, we, we, we do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. It, it's a good, we, we keep track of it. We say, this month you trended on this hashtag six times and this hashtag four times. Um, just like, you know, it, why not? Right? It's, there's, there's nothing to lose when you're reporting. Yeah. So we, I, I don't think, honestly, the only thing that has come out of that, I, in my opinion, um, has been one person who reached out to me saying that he saw my post uh, trending on the the hashtag. So he sent a connection invite and he has to interview me for a thing. Yeah. Hi, Alexandra. But but that's the only time that trending on LinkedIn has created any effect. Yeah. And and also one thing I think it's not happening is people actually searching using hashtags. I don't think anybody is doing that. I think I have a few hashtags liked and from time to time a post from that hashtag comes up on my feed. But I'm Yeah, I'm from the perspective ever. of consuming, it's okay. Yeah, but like I'm barely ever on my feed. I'm always like on the sales navigator alerts homepage. Um, so I think it's it's what you said. It's a treat for people who are creating content to keep doing that because LinkedIn has a deficiency of good content. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'd say 85 to 90% of the content on LinkedIn is people sharing articles. But not articles yeah. that they've written, like articles from the news. And, the, and or that, also mm-hmm. something like motivational bullshit, uh, trying to be thought leaders. Yeah, but those kind of things. Even that, I think that's only like 10% of the content. Like, I think content that is actually like somebody fucking writing stuff is like 10%. The rest is like sharing an yeah. article that they've seen somewhere and all that's trash. Yeah, maybe even, even less than 10% is the people who are active. Uh, that also goes to, to LinkedIn uh, ads. You right. know, you, you have to be careful who you're targeting because... 90% of the people are not active. They might see the, the message in like three months. Right, 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 right. That, that's also the downside. Yeah, yeah. I think overall, LinkedIn is an amazing platform, in my opinion. Like it's created a lot of good for our business. But there are some things that like, they're just not there yet. Um, yeah, I, th- I think in the next period also, uh, company pages will yeah. be will get better i can see it going towards there because right now from the last i don't know from five days ago i can i can see actually the people who like the page oh really couldn't do that before yeah it's as a link like oh. that amount of followers you click there and you can see people who actually like the page right. i don't know if if uh, everybody has it from what i've seen in the post that i posted not everybody has it uh but that's that actually means that we are going going somewhere yeah uh i, I for, for now I, I hate company pages like I, I haven't used it um and i've been thinking about uh using that because i have a lot of content to put out like a lot of especially video content from the podcast um but honestly i'd rather put it out on the, like the profile of my uh, teammate than the company page right now because it's going to get more views and, and more business. yeah all, all I, I one thing that i'm seeing working uh like let me use an example i'm doing we're doing like impact hub belgrade company mm-hmm. page and we have a lot of events over there a lot of stuff going on with uh, startups investments those kind of topics yeah. and 
uh, that means that we have speakers each week, mm. somebody else. And uh, when we put uh, a picture of a person, just yeah. with, with some artwork or no artwork or a quote with person, it explodes. Mm. Like we are tagging the person because they are reacting. Then people right. who are following that person are reacting. And also what, I'm see, what can work for you and I want to try it also in the next period is that uh, like you and me are recording and I'm cutting out the pieces that is uh, you talking, not me, and putting mm -hmm. that on my page. Mm. And tagging you over there using quotes uh, that you said, also as the other guests, you know, those kind of things, when you are actually using it uh, in a different way. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because otherwise, like the page is almost dead. Like we, we've done it for a few clients, and like growing page, that page is hard, you know, like, when you grow your personal profile, you can send connections and get all that. But for a company page, it's a limited number of invites that you get over the month. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think LinkedIn is going to grow as a platform. I've seen Twitter evolve as a platform lately. There's now yeah. Yeah. audio tweets. You know, I don't know how they call it. Um, there's a couple of other things that they're doing. Like you can schedule tweets on the, on the site as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Like, I mean, the, the competition for between platforms, like with TikTok coming up, I think it's going to have to speed things up for other platforms to like create advance, right? Yeah. Um, we, we talked about that for Twitter for years, but they are not moving it. So yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I want to try something and it's um, like uh, distributing articles, but as a thread. Oh, that's you perfect. And, and, and not, delivering, not delivering the link until the last one the last one yeah we've done it for a few clients it's great um, yeah that's what that's what i what i want to do in the next period for, for us on, on twitter something that we're considering and, and we do this for a few clients is to over index on threads because i think threads are like the a differentiator because there's very little things you can say in 280 characters Mm -hmm. with a thread you can actually go in depth get the nuance and if you're going for a quality following i think uh, over indexing on threads on twitter is the way to like create longer form content uh, and do that right like so um repurposing the articles into threads the link at the end that, that can work even repurposing some linkedin posts into a thread can work uh, the, the connection between LinkedIn and Twitter is very easily repurposable. Um, and it's something mm -hmm. that we're starting to do more of. And I think people should, and I've seen a few people do that as well. Like content, that it can go to both platforms. And, and these are but like, yeah, but we are also, you need for us uh -huh. to be. Uh, what we are also doing, and what's, uh, it seems to working. We just, uh, we were just trying it out is like, um, retweeting something with a comment mm -hmm. and then uh, taking the discussion to our event, like basically from that, from that thread. And I want to, I want to see if, uh, if, uh, if it's possible to create like once in a month uh, chat, like it was a few years ago. I want to see if, if that's possible to do now again. So I'm going to try that also. Yeah, 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 those Twitter chats are, are great as well. But but yeah, I think Twitter is, is very underrated as a platform. We, we just want to deal with, with one of the Starlink companies that I was mentioning. Um, who they've been following me on Twitter for, I'm not joking, but like 11 months. I think this will be like the 12th month. And we had been chatting, but we never found to like take the next step. And I just, this is something we can touch next week on, like how content is the best way to like keep prospects engaged along the sales cycle and reactivating all leads, both in terms of engaging and staying top of mind with like content creation. So like they saw a tweet, they would like it. Then we would chat in the comment. I saw one of their tweets. I would comment on that. And like 10 months later, after we started following each other, that's when here it's at. I was like, I think we should have a conversation. I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for 
this for 10 months. And yeah, 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 yeah. And then we, we started chatting and like we closed, I mean, like two calls, right? Like uh, super easy, super, super. It felt like we knew each other for years because we did. Uh, super cool. So, like, yeah, Twitter, I mean, you, you, you've been there for a while, you've been interacting. Yeah, I've worked for this deal. <laughs> this is the deal I've worked for the most because, um, but, but I haven't, right? Like, I just engaged with them and created good content and have them engage with me. So, exactly. so, so that, that this is the great thing that, uh, right? Uh, last week, also, when it comes to like those kind of things, I uh, I took like I think four hours this weekend to uh, to send around thousand and five hundred messages on LinkedIn to the people that I have never exchanged the message with. Mm. Maybe in the comments, but not in the in the DM. Right. And just like to say hi, we can can we finally like do an informal chat or somebody that I didn't even have uh, exchange of thoughts in comments. Yeah. I'm just going like, this is, uh, this is me. I do that and that here is the one piece of content that uh, if I don't want to bother you much about what we do, but if I have to show you one piece of content, this is, this is the one, please tell me more uh, about you. Cause I've already seen the profiles of those pe people. Right. So, so I told them I, I've seen your profile, I know what you're doing, but it was probably like two or three months ago when, mm -hmm. when we connected. So I want you to tell me uh, exactly what you're doing right now to get into uh, in, in deep, because some people also have the NDAs, they cannot share everything on, uh, on the public on LinkedIn. Yeah. And this is where we, it becomes interesting. You, you get the feedback for your posts, for right. things that you're doing. You, you see some people and you realize how long are they following you? Not like the month that you think, but also uh, months before that, yeah. uh, you, get, you get recommendations from people because, I mean, you now are going personal with them. And also if you, if in time they need somebody uh, to do marketing for them uh, and those kind of services, well, uh, maybe, they will, you will pop up because you keep on uh, creating content and you are yeah. always there. But now it became personal. Right. Uh, I, I love that. Um, and that's the beauty of it because it, it helps tremendously from a, from a business sales process, from a sales process standpoint as well. Like usually like sales cycles in our industry are very long, but like when people come to you already knowing who you are, and consuming a bit, a bit of content of yours, it, like the sales cycle is much shorter. Right? Like we've had two clients in the last three months, two months, sign up after like, th sorry, three clients in the last three months, uh, sign up uh, in the intro call. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, like they, they consume a piece of content, they reach out, like we still a meeting, we do the 20, 25 minute like discovery meeting, and like they, they signed right there. Um, and that's crazy for us because like it's so easy. Like for business, it helps tremendously when you're not doing a one month and a half sales process to sign a client. It takes 30 minutes. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the same. Every, every single client that I signed was uh, through the, uh, after the intro call. Right. Or, or they became, right away just skipping the the intro call it all it all it all depends uh basically let me let me tell you something right now so we had leor barak here on the call mm -hmm. in one of the first uh b2b weeklies yeah so he released the new product and he scheduled the call he mm -hmm. wanted us to see if we can work together so on friday we are having a, a call and maybe we're working something something together so B2B Weekly is actually doing the job. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, I mean, that, that's what we do it for, right? So it, yeah. it, that's awesome to hear. Um, well, uh, go ahead. Sorry, mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to, to go to that topic that you wanted to talk about. It's actually interesting to me as well. Yeah, so um, this, this is what I was going to as well. 
So I've been seeing this debate out on Twitter uh, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on when you're building your personal brand, uh, especially in B2B, but really your personal brand in any area and you're creating content and you're like niching down, there's a lot to be said about um, niching down to the point that you're known as the something guy or girl, right? Like, like the B2B in Serbia guy could be you. Uh, like if I think B2B is Serbia, I think of you. Um, so um, there's, there's the debate of whether that's what the objective should be, that you're niched down so specifically and so to the detail um, that that helps you grow a small but very targeted audience and that you can only create content around that topic to be known as, as that person or you should open up more areas of your life and not be known just as the something guy but as Nemanja who does B2B but also he does this and does that and does whatever. Um, so the question is and I, I know I'm rambling a little but is should you niche down to the smallest detail and only focus on that? Or should you open up and, and go to, for a broader audience and, and lose some of the targeting, but allow you to grow as a human being as well, to not get stuck in one thing and to be able to evolve as, as time goes on? Um, I'm going for, for going niche and going narrow uh, because I've done it. Right. I've been through it and every single time I go wider, I get the audience and people who doesn't really understand what do I do. Right. They are just here because I'm speaking at the specific topic. Also is when, uh, when I post in Serbian. Mm. I, I do this kind of post in, in Serbian when I, when I have a need to like say something because yeah. uh, you can get more people attached to those topics because they are like familiar to, to more people. But those people uh, are not of any use for me when it comes to like maybe becoming uh, right. my client or me working with them or anything like that. But uh, it can be useful because at, at some time they might talk to somebody who needs marketing or they can uh, go and be entrepreneurs or something like that and they would have a need. So yeah. from that perspective, there's a, there's a possibility of doing that, but going niche, and going uh, after specific things that it's triggering uh, people reactions. So getting them out of the comfort zone. Uh, it's uh, something that is uh, polarizing people and then bringing you to the top with, with everything that you're talking about. Right now is like the uh, MQLs, SQLs topic, uh, going after revenue operations, so changing the whole narrative, the whole focus and the whole mindset. Yeah. Uh, it's something that people can be easily uh, triggered about because so many times B2B, I mean, you know how it is, the, the, the whole industry, sterile basically and nobody tries to do anything new most of the companies uh, doesn't even have uh, a business development or sales teams uh, especially like if they are software companies uh, they just have a guy the owner who knows somebody who is getting them projects at least how it is here in the surroundings uh, others are just going outbound going after after leads uh, and basically focusing everything everything on sales. And when you try to give them different perspective, uh, it's totally different. And you cannot go here uh, like, okay, I know that outbound can work for some companies. Yeah. And I know if everything is working. It just depends on, just depends on how much you want to pay for it, how much time do you have. And uh, I cannot say in my post there uh, that something else is working. Because right. then I would be as everybody else. Ah, everybody, everything is working. Like I can say this thing is working the best right now and that's it. You know, that's how you polarize people. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mostly agree with you. I think niche down, especially at the beginning. At the beginning, I think you need to niche down because nobody really cares about your life. Right? So like, um, 
There's very few people that we care of the whole areas of their life. Um, and, and those people are extremely charismatic, like they're special, they've done something, they're already on top. But like, for, for the vast majority of people, we care about like what they can do for us. And that's the one thing. Uh, like I can help you yeah. with B2B content and personal branding. Like that's my area of expertise. Um, however, I do think that while you're niche down, you can, you can and should show your personality and show life stories yeah. that don't just relate. Like you're, you're not supposed to be an encyclopedia of B2B. You're supposed to be a human being who knows a lot about this. And then once your audience starts to grow, I think you can expand a little bit more. Uh, but even before then, I, I do think there's areas that can be connected, right? Uh, and I could talk about this for hours, but like I love basketball. Like sometimes I talk about basketball in relation to like B2B and personal branding. I don't talk about basketball like the New York Knicks suck, but I talk about like how a story for this area of my life has helped me on this area of your life that you care for. Um, yeah, you were using some great synonyms. Yeah. In the post. Yeah, yeah so I, I do think like that is, if you can connect them, like I love hip hop music and I'm starting to like write songs about like on Saturday nights when I have, I'm not going out, I write like rap music and I record it with a mic and whatever. Um, if I started posting about that, my audience that are B2B CEOs, they would be like, what the hell are you doing? Right? Like, I don't care about that. I care about how to grow my personal brand. But if I can connect in the hip hop, there's something called like the four bar rule. So for every four lines that you say, there has to be a gift for your audience. So like a metaphor or an analogy or like a pun or something, something that like makes the audience happy. If I connect that to copywriting and, and B2B content and say every four lines in B2B content, you have to give something, then I'm opening up an area of my life and introducing it to what you care. So I think that's a good way to like introduce other areas and, and make them part of your story. I think the story is very important. Um, and then finally, on, on, that, on that note, uh, I think opening up more areas makes more loyalty. To, to the, it it make, might make for a smaller audience, but the people who care for that are going to be much more connected for you. Like you and I, like we're, we're both in B2B, but there's a thousand people in B2B. Why are we like connected more than with other strangers? Part of it is because of basketball, right? So like me, us opening up other areas has helped us connect more loyalty and now to shows together and, and think about ways we can collaborate. Um, so I think people that relate to those other areas are going to be so much more connected to you than if you were just like the B2B guy. If I can be the B2B basketball guy or the B2B guy who plays basketball, that, that's, I'm giving more to my audience versus just the, the B2B guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's also going niche, just using real life examples. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's it. I mean, uh, I just remember the, the situation like uh, from time to time, I, I, I like to like dance it out when I'm stressed or something yeah. like that. And I, and I share that with also LinkedIn right. uh, because, because this is who I am. Exactly. You know, and I want clients that know that I'm a cheerful guy. I'm somebody that likes to celebrate wins and uh, that's not going to fall down with, with every first failure or, or whatever. And uh, I, uh, because one of, the, one of the things that we uh, go after in Funky, it's that uh, we go to get back marketing up where it belongs. So ethics, those kind of things, and call out the bullshit. Yeah. And uh, I was doing that on Facebook. There's a e-commerce community of Serbia, mm -hmm. and they did uh, like educational course. Yeah. Uh, but they created a video. Mm. It's basically the same as introduction of the dynasty, like the the, right. the series. Yeah. Uh, but but they they looked in a video like somebody was holding a gun towards them and asking them to to shoot it. Right. You know, and, and I just said it. Basically, it's it looks you can do anything else. Just photos might be better than this. Yeah. It looks like you don't want to do this education. Right. You know, and, and a guy who is like uh, organizing one of the biggest conferences here in Serbia says like, 
oh, and you are you are calling them out, uh, like being unprofessional when you are like posting videos of you dancing. <laughs> so I'm, uh, basically, I said that's okay to yeah. have that perspective, but the the difference is. Uh, here is I'm not uh, pretending to be anything else. Right, that's just who I am. Who you are? That's just who I am. I love that you said that. Um, another example of that, and I think personally, I think like the best content creators and personal brand people are music artists. I think that, that they understand that better than entrepreneurs and marketers by far. So one of my favorite uh, artists is a guy called Gizzy. He makes um, hip hop music. Um, and like for the last 10 years, all the music that he put out has been like fast hip hop talking about like going out to parties and like alcohol and, and drugs and like this bad boy type of type of style. Right. And then the, over the last month, he completely switched it. And now he's doing like indie music. Like it's a soft, he's singing. He never sang before. And he completely changed it. And everybody's like, why are you like changing your whole style? And he was like, well, that's just me. Like, I felt like putting that stuff Evolving, up. evolving. Like. Evolving. And maybe I go back to the rap, maybe I don't. But uh, it's the content that I want to put out. And, and it was funny to me because I've seen the debate on Twitter. And I was like, this is the perfect explanation of like, yes, you should focus on what you do. But if there's a day that you're like, okay, I don't want to be the B2B guy anymore. I want to be the... D2C for, or, or like the guy that does SADS, or I want to be a writer, or I want to be a, a, an artist, then you just make the switch because it's who you are and you should not let the audience shackle you into uh, the persona yeah. that you've built. As long I as mean, you stay true to yourself. I, I've been to, I've done it. I, I mean, for two years I was in performance marketing, but I saw it that way. So I said, okay, I, I need to do something else because my nature tells me to go and do something else. Exactly. So basically that's it. And when it comes to the hip hop music and everything, we can, we can add in some of the next calls also some things. I, I remember I wrote an article once, it's how Tupac uh, actually changed, changed the music industry. Really? Basically because when he got out of the jail, yeah. he went out and he starts recording like crazy. Yeah. So songs after songs, songs after songs. And what are doing people now, like going singles? Right. Single after single, single after single. It's just important that you are always there. You don't know which song is going to be a hit. Yeah. You know? Next week, well, next week you're on vacation, but like the week that you come back, we should talk about like how to get inspiration for content marketing from outside of the business world. So like music, Let's do it. Uh, athletes, I, I think that they're amazing. Like I was watching um, another guy is, um, so I, w I have a partnership with a guy in, in New York that does what we do, personal branding and content creation for uh, artists that make music. And mm -hmm. his team goes to like the studios and they record like the artist making the song, right? And I'm like writing it and like talking to the producer and all that stuff. And then they put out that content and the content often does, does better than the song, you know, like it's it just yeah. such great um, behind the scenes content. And, and it's kind of what Gary does, right? Like have a videographer and all that. So I think it makes a lot of sense to like get into yeah, Also the, my, my ex boss, uh, he was working with a, with a folk artist mm. from the, yeah. from the country back in the days. He didn't, he was, he didn't want even to say that he worked with, with her. <laughs> But uh, at the time, like her husband in an, is an architect, yeah. highly educated person and everything, and she gets where everything is going. Mm -hmm. So they, they did uh, webinars where yeah. she was actually creating songs with, with the audience. So she was going like writing this down, singing this part, should I use this or should I go with, with that? And they were going like crazy. Right, you know, because they they were making songs with her, and uh, the idea was at the end to do a online concert. It would be the first one in Serbia, but uh, I don't know something happened. Uh, they got sick or something like that, and it never happened. Yeah, yeah, that, that's funny. 
So yeah, let me write. I'll write this down, and then in a couple of weeks we can we can touch on that. Um, awesome, but it was a good episode. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, talk to you in like two weeks. Two weeks sounds good. All right. Bye bye, man. Take care. Have a have a great vacation, buddy. Yeah, you too.